Okay. Well, haven't seen you in a while. Cracking open beers. <laughs> okay. So, as as people know, this we've been a while. We've been a while. We've been, we've been gone a while. I've I've got baby brain. That's how long we've been gone for. At least nine months. <laughs> um, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been gone a while. Um, basically, if you knew what the format of our, this podcast was before, it was basically it was sort of semi sort of a take on what Cracked were doing, but with some stuff that we rather talk about. And uh, how that worked for Cracked is they had a team of writers, so they they could come up with content constantly like constantly having ideas and stuff where this was just basically me and luke trying to come up with ideas and uh yeah you know having full-time jobs and not a team of writers constantly it it didn't work but i realized that i like talking and uh yeah i just want to say dan you you know you could just say covid happened that's um, i know it's a pretty good excuse for most things yeah but could we change in the format oh 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 so, or, or child and COVID. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I want to explain why I'm changing the format, basically. So, yeah, it, there's no way I, I could have maintained my output on it. So, it basically hid away in the corner. It went on hiatus for a while. The podcast it is, not the child. Um, and uh, And then I was just thinking the other day, why not do it again? But instead of trying to come up with topics... I have lots of ideas in my head about things I just want to talk about. And so I was just like, you know what? I want to talk about this. I'm going to make Luke listen to me while I talk about this. And, uh, you know, sometimes what I'm going to say is going to be weird and he's not going to understand it, but I'm going to try to make him understand it. And uh, in some days, Luke might have something he just wants to talk at me about and I'll be there pretending that I understand it. So, um, yeah, today I've I've got an idea... I had this idea a while back, and I was like, you know what, I'm sticking to it. I, I, my thought on this idea is still 100%, and I rewatched what it was, literally finished it about an hour ago again, so back in here, Luke. Uh, do you know what, I found, I found it really bizarre, the uh, day you'd messaged me, I think it was literally just maybe two days before I'd seen a post on Reddit um, that was a picture of an engagement ring and it said like engagement ring for sale 14 carat yada 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 the price of it Uh, and it said um, uh, uh, engagement ring for sale my girlfriend's dead fell off a cliff died on impact (laughs) 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 and it just so happens to be a quote from this film yeah it is and that is one of the reasons I think it is the jokes in this film are basically what I want to talk about because I think sorry I'm getting my notes up I know it's weird yeah so I'm just trying to find my notes basically what I what I want to talk about is I think this film is a perfect comedy um I, I don't know if you agree but I think it, there's many films out there that try to be perfect comedies and uh, I, th- I think it, it ticks a lot of the boxes yeah okay um, and yeah, I'm going to try to convince you because you say, you're saying it ticks a lot of the boxes, which makes you think maybe there's a few boxes that aren't ticked. And so I'm going to try to convince you that this is the most perfect comedy in the world. 
older, I haven't seen every single comedy, but what I've seen so Very far. <laughs> um, so, Luke, would you agree yeah. with my statement that Happy Gilmore? I had I realised I haven't even mentioned the film. Happy Gilmore. I was just going to say that. <laughs> is a perfect comedy. Um, it is great. It really is. It's fantastic. It's really enjoyable to watch. Um, I guess maybe you've gone down the perfect route because for me, like as a comedy, it's just something that's just enjoyable and easygoing, um, which is something you want from a comedy. It's very straightforward, though. Um, it is like like really obvious single punchlines and a bit of slapstick humour and stuff in there. Um, it's not really got any intelligent humour in it. Um, none that I can remember. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I, I think the slight lack could be. Okay, off. okay. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But would you say The Simpsons... In the early seasons, you know, seasons sort of one till nine, would you say their comedy is smart? Smart. I don't watch The Simpsons like you watch The Simpsons, Dan. Um, and I haven't watched it since I was a kid, probably. Yeah, I guess as a t- uh, as a child at the time, it seems smart. Um, I'm sure if I rewatched some of it more of as an adult, I'd I'd see the things that were a bit clever. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it was. Uh, a simple program no okay in its element it is but i think i think there's there's layers to a lot of their jokes okay no it's just because a lot of people will say oh yeah simpsons right they're like geniuses and stuff and i was watching this film and realized almost every single gag from this film i could see as a gag in the simpsons and in at least the early simpsons like you know like when he gets hit by the car and he's like, yeah, just rest up. The doctor's like, oh, yeah, just rest up for a few weeks. And he's just, he gets up, but I have to play. And the doctor <laughs> says, <laughs> yeah, what do I know? Yeah, fine. What do I know? I'm just a doctor. And it's like, it's like I could hear that coming from Dr. Hubbard. Is it Dr. Hubbard? Whatever his name is in Simpsons. Yeah. And yeah, so that, that that's one of the points. Like, it's, so this film came out in 1996. It's a tight one hour 31 minutes which is 91 minutes which is basically yeah, dead yeah, on yeah. what you want for a comedy dead on what you want for most films unless you want to watch like an epic and then you know be a sadist if you really fancy that but um <laughs> i do like cinema don't I? I'm, I'm i'm just having fun but no um yeah, no. I th- it came out. So, so wait, wait, wait. Do you, do you not find any issues with it? Have you not have you not seen anything that you think stands out a bit that um, you think okay that hasn't aged well or that's a plot hole or why did that happen? Isn't there's nothing odd? Um, nothing jumping out at me majorly. More I was more watching it and trying to think. You know what this validates of what my thinking is. Like I could go into the fact that. Yeah, okay, the soundtrack might be old, but it's also... Oh, I love the works, soundtrack. soundtrack. Soundtrack's good. Yeah, what works with the soundtrack is you sort of know every song, but it's also, it's not jumping out at you, so it's not distracting you from the film. So you sort of enjoy it, but it's still like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, I know that song. Um, it hasn't there's, got there's any weird... There's a song I knew that it played in it, and I genuinely had to look it up because I wasn't sure who it was. Um, I can't even remember the name of the song now. Um, uh, is it Carry On Your Wayward Son by... Is it Kansas? Yeah, yeah, Carry On Your Wayward Son as he pulls up to the tournament, yep. Yeah. Carry On Your Wayward Son. Yeah, 
machine. Yep, that's in it. Yeah, which, like, I, I don't know Kansas or anything else by them, but I know that song. I just, I think it's in, like, Guitar Hero or something. Yeah, I think it is. Um, it's also got that Whoa, 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 It's Magic song, which is always fun to listen to. Um, so, yeah, it's like the soundtrack, even though it's it's old for the time, because, like I said, this film came out in 1996, the soundtrack's old for the time, but it works because it's a sort of classic sort of thing. But, again, they're not jumping out at you, they're not distracting you from the film. It's also got Jump Around by House of Pain, which is always a good song to hear. Um, uh, there's no weird racial jokes, I don't think. There's no weird homophobic jokes. You know? It's also it's 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 a twelve, you know. So it's not a gross-out comedy, yeah, and it yeah, shows yeah. that it can be a good comedy without it having to be a gross-out comedy. What have you have you spotted something that you think isn't? Uh, okay, so one thing that really amused me, and okay, it's it, as you pointed out, it's a ninety-one-minute comedy, so it's kind of wham bam, thank you, ma'am, get it over and done with. Um, just very early on, so when we meet Chubbs. Um, uh, Carl Weathers' character, yeah. the, uh, the 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 golf professional, yeah? yeah. When he's talking to Happy for the first time, just outside of the uh, <laughs> what is it, the, uh, the where it shoots the baseball, the, the baseball practice thing, where he's 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 getting ready for the next year's you look like a damn pool. <laughs> season. So, just <laughs> but um, so Chubbs is explaining like who he is, what he's about, and he says about the the. The alligator is it alligator or crocodile that t- took his hand, yeah. and um, he literally explains that it got his hand and he shows his big old wooden hand, but he goes, "It's okay, I got his eye," and he just pulls out this like glass jar with with like an eyeball in it, <laughs> and I just thought. Does he really just carry that everywhere with him? The thing is, that's what I thought was funny. Like, I found that funny, the fact that he just carries a jar with the eyeball. Like, he just pulls it out of his back pocket. It's like, oh, yeah, this is this is me. This is who I am. I'm the guy who Absolutely. carries around something that looks like a bit of pork pie in a jar. <laughs> so I, I found it really funny that that happened, and I really que- I questioned it when I saw it. However, I did then pick up later on, when Happy is on the... Like the day, the not day with the, in ice, the ice rink. He pulls out, he pulls out a puck, and she literally says, "What do you carry that around with you all the time?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in this universe, people just carry around stuff in their pockets. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little touch. I um, genu- like genuinely question. I thought how bizarre. I, I think I had the Veronica reaction, like at the beginning of the film but then like at that midpoint I was then with Happy like yeah of course he does <laughs> this is how things work in this universe yeah and that's why the thing is that's why Happy didn't question it because he's walks around with a hockey puck in his pocket so it's like if the guy walks around with an eyeball that's perfectly fine <laughs> fun fact though when he says oh why didn't you play a different sport like football Carl Weathers used to be an American football player Okay. So, yeah, well, yeah I, I'll agree with Happy. He looks like um, he should be one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I was going to say I, the other thing I like about Happy's take on like life and the way things are was uh, the first time he ever hits a golf ball and um, he hits the guy at the end of his street. <laughs> he should be standing. And his take on it instantly is like. He shouldn't be standing there. See, what I think what, what I think's great about that joke is you could have it that he hits the ball and he just smashes a window and then 
they sort of like go, oh shit, they run inside sort of thing. But they decide to repeat it, yeah, not yeah. twice, but three times. They repeat that same joke. It hits the guy in the head. It knocks a woman out the window. It's great. And like, they're not, I think this film, it's, I think I'm being too loud. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to wake and sleep in bed. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like the idea. It, it, it found a joke. Um, and as most comedians would when they find a joke, they, they search for that bigger laugh. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, that was funny. He, he broke a window and the guy gets upset. And then he hits the guy. And, the, and then the yeah. woman who then falls out of the, the window. Yeah, they're yeah. not afraid. I think they, they push for that bigger laugh. Yeah, they're not afraid to repeat the joke. But they also don't make it stale. Which they also do in like... Like the intro, for instance, when it's like every single job he has, he pretends that he's got a penis. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, oh, oh, okay. Sorry, you've just reminded me. Another problem I I spotted or realised. Um, so his boss uh, in Jules. the construction place, Jules. Yeah, he um, he got shot in the head with a nail gun through a construction hat. Yes. So that is clearly sticking some way out of the hat, etc. The, the 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 helmet or whatever the hat. Yeah. But they got the helmet off, but they didn't remove the nail. But he's getting the nail done off, like later on. So the way I've always seen that is, well, it's just a bit of plastic. They could cut the plastic off, you know, and then obviously, you know, that the procedure to take a nail out of someone's head might be a bit more dangerous than cutting around some plastic. I thought surely once you've x-rayed it, you just pull it out. Claw yeah. hammer, get the job done. <laughs> Yank it out. Yeah, but remember in Simpsons, again, this is basically a Simpsons joke thing. They pull out the coin, starts bleeding, quick, put it back in, put it back in. Stops the bleeding. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um... I did have a list of things I was going to work through and I've no idea. I've all, we've already started jumping around, so it's fine. But I'm going to look at my list. And, as yeah, I, I have that effect with things of jumping around, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, not too long, not too short. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, because you, you get some, some comedies that has a premise and then the premise is over by the halfway point and then the rest of it just feels like filler with a couple of jokes that sort of peppered throughout sort of thing. Um, and I was going to mention, for instance, I, I, loved, I loved the film, but I, I always said this film should have been a TV show and then they did make it into a TV show, which actually works better, which is um, what we do in the shadows. I just wanted to throw oh, this yeah. in there. I've always <laughs> yeah. thought, this film's okay, but it's like, it should have been a TV series because then, you know, each season, like each episode, you can introduce more characters and stuff. If you start doing that towards the end of a film, it just like feels sort of wedged in sort of thing. So I felt there was a premise that was overstretched and I just thought I'd bring that up as an example of something that's done badly. No, no, I, I get, yeah, I get your point. With Happy Gilmore, I don't think, it, do, it doesn't feel overstretched. Like you say, you sort of like, you're in there, wham, bam, and you're out sort of thing. So, I, but I think I think again, like most early Adam Sandler films, it is it's simple though. He's he's not trying to overcomplicate. He's not trying to build too much up on it. Um, it's literally there's a guy who you know has a relationship, loses it. He's failing at life. He's failing at hockey. Everything he wants to do, but he's got that one good thing in hockey that translates to something else, and therefore he makes something of it. Um, Gets, I, I guess that's another thing I've picked up on actually. So 
he clearly has these anger issues, right? Yeah. Like that is, that's his big thing. He has these really bad anger issues and he takes it out. He explains it in the intro um, when he was the kid, hammering the other kid. Um, we see it later on with other people. Um, clearly he had issues with this ex-girlfriend from the, the start with the uh, the intercom scene where he does, he loses it at points and he gets angry and then he goes, oh, I'm sorry, oh, oh, I didn't mean to, I just sometimes I feel like I'm going to be a failure and stuff like that. But later on in the film, despite him having these anger issues in his entire life, it, it, it takes for the classic Adam Sandler double V to get his shit in order and, and um, oh, is it Julie Bowen? The actress? Yeah. I know her from... She's Claire in uh, Modern Family. But she... Oh, shit, she is Claire doesn't even kind of want to go on a date with him, really. She gets she gets his anger issues in... Prob- like, his anger issues in, in line. What the... <laughs> Do you know what? I was halfway through watching it, and my, like, my dad walked through and thought... And he went, who's that? And I went, I don't know, I recognise her too. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I had to... Look, wouldn't have known had I not checked it. No, well, okay. So I could try to try to say, well, maybe, you know, what you see of his first girlfriend, she's like, look, I've had a bad day. Can we can we just talk? And she's like, no, Happy, you're going nowhere. So it walks out on it. And so he probably doesn't have that much, res- not respect for her, but he doesn't feel like he would do that much for her. Whereas this I other mean, girl... Yeah, I mean, he did bring a subway. Like he, that shows some serious yeah. respect to my. Uh, and you got extra extra meatballs, but extra meatballs. You know, this other woman is willing to help him do all this extra stuff. You know, to help him, sort of thing. And so maybe he's like, you know, what I'm gonna I'm gonna try to work. But what you bringing up the girlfriend is another point I wanted to add. So, how many comedies have you seen where it starts off and there's a guy? And the catalyst for the whole comedy, like, um, what's the old school, for instance, is that the guy's girlfriend's cheating on him. And that's basically what starts off the film of why he has to, like, or a girlfriend breaks up with him. And that's the catalyst. It's always the girlfriend. With this, yeah, that happens. But it's almost like a throwaway line. And then the catalyst is actually, like, his grandmother, which to me is something refreshing for a comedy. Yeah, okay. But uh, okay, I, I thought he was going to go down the line of it's not the um it's not the girlfriend, it's it's happy. Um but I think that's quite like a an old trope, like a really old trope of like especially it's like the early is it like the early 40s, 50s sitcoms and stuff of like the the useless man who can't do anything and he can't get accomplished stuff, but he's got a really strong go-getter like wife or girlfriend. I guess. But um yeah, yeah, she's you know. Yeah, that's why I see. Yeah, sorry, I, was, I thought that's why I thought I thought you'd go with that, but no, I get that. Yeah, the the grandma is the the love of his life. Yeah, well, well, yeah, well that's the that's the catalyst, and you know, because you, you, like I said, there's so many films, and it's it's always played like the only reason this whole film starts is because of this ugly, like not an ugly, like this horrible woman basically, which then starts, which then basically reflects badly on women. I I think, but you know, but you know, yeah. this whole film is well. I mean, you say that the as much as she is a sweet old lady, she also didn't pay her taxes for however many years it was. Yeah, but she is she in Seinfeld. She does get her vibrates stolen by Seinfeld. So, 
I was going to say, I, I can't remember the actress's name as well, but she's just the old Mrs. something in, like, everything ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's just, like, old Mrs. something, Mrs. old lady, grandma something, that's it. She yeah. played that role for, like, 50 years. And also, well, so talking, going back to the intercom section at the start of the film, another joke I liked <laughs> is... Sorry, I just, yeah... Like he's, he's singing down the phone and see the door and he opens up and you think it's going to be girlfriend and it's it's old Asian woman and that that's yeah. the joke that's the joke until we see it the next morning when he's running out of the house well, and she runs up and goes so, wait don't you want breakfast which is like uh, just uh, it's the hammer on the end of it it's like there you absolutely nailed see, that what I loved was um, in that scene was. And I completely forgotten the following. Like when I've rewatched this, I completely forgot about the the morning after scene. Was when it's the look on Happy's face when he sees her there, not who he expected it to be. But there was that moment of like sort of where he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a one split thing that I picked up on. I was like, wait, did he just kind of go, oh, all right? And then the, like, the following morning, you see that happen. And I was like, no way. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah, that really tickled me. Yeah, I, I think that that joke is amazing. Like like I said, they didn't have to put that like the next bit of the joke in there. But they did, yeah. and it works. Um, also, I just love it. Again, when actually, it's the same as the, the golf ball, the three-tier thing. I think they started with, like, the okay, he's trying to talk to the girlfriend, she leaves, and then it's a little boy who's looking there disturbed, then it escalates to grandma, then it escalates to, well, I say grandma, old Asian lady turning up at his door, and then she leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and what, also, what I love about that intercom thing is just when he's singing down the intercom but singing badly, because I will, I've never heard that song. In my life, but I will all constantly go to the end. Like, I want to kiss you all over and over and again. I want to kiss you all over. Dun, 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 nightclubs. Doing, and like, I like the fact he does both the like harmonies, which then reminds me of another joke later on in the film, which I want to talk about. Yeah. Because another reason I think this film is great and it doesn't fall into a lot of traps of what other comedies do is. A lot of other comedies will either get... Well, two things will happen. I'll talk about one. It will get overly sentimental and then stop being funny. And the only time... Which happens in older Adam Sandler stuff? Yeah. Um, or but, later, sorry, yeah. Yeah, but what happens in this is there is that scene where they go on the date and he pulls the puck out, but there's still that's still peppered with jokes. And then it's got this amazing joke at the end, like, okay, they're kissing. It's like, oh, that could just cut to black. But then it pans over the to the Zamboni singing. driver who's miming yes. the words and doing both the harmony, like both the male and female bits. And that's just like, again, another joke that's not needed there, but it just adds. Funnily enough, that's absolutely something I picked up on. I was like, wait, he's doing both male and female. But I didn't, I didn't get that from the intercom. But I remember like noticing exactly that during that scene. I was like, I was like, is he doing that? Yeah, he's doing Oh, it's, no, that's good. Yeah, and yeah, basically, what I also wanted to mention about a lot, what a lot of comedies do, is they start off really strong, and then in middle bit, 
they basically just stop telling jokes because they more focus on what the drama or the comedy is. But they yeah, run out of jokes, yeah, and then yeah. they throw in a couple at the end, and you think, oh, remember, oh yeah, it's a comedy sort of thing. Well, what this does, it has a drama, you know, it even has them getting hit by a car. But it keeps the jokes going throughout. Like, I don't think at any point is there a moment where there isn't a joke going on. Yeah, I'll agree. Even during the conflict moments, there's definitely, like, the humour there. So the um, the other one I really liked, um, so, like, um, the, the, the bits between Happy and Shooter, Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin, where, like, sorry. When, perfect, perfect when... villain. <laughs> <laughs> Well, perfect comical villain because all these bits where he's like, he says that there's like one one scene where he says like, "Well, good luck because I eat shit like you for, for breakfast. breakfast," and um, and he's <laughs> like, "Wait, what? You eat shit for breakfast?" Yeah, which is during a p- moment of like drama because it's like he just found out like he hasn't got the house and yeah. stuff, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll throw in this. You eat shit for breakfast," which is like one of the most famous jokes on the film as well, and um, it's at like, the and high point the of drama. One? The other bit that really got me was the rhyming. And your pay. Where he says something like, <laughs> Hey, what I say. Your pay. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. and He's just like, Well, some clay. Maybe go down to the bay. Hey, I just may. <laughs> hey, I just may. Yeah, no, I really like that because it, 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 it took to the honesty of Happy's character of just sort of seeing things how they were in his own little world and not giving a damn. Yeah. Also, well, I, I want to talk about just as we're talking about these bits I just want to mention some of the dialogue you get in this because there's the minute something about the dialogue to me reminds me of films like uh, Super Troopers now with Super Troopers it's the film's a bit flimsy in places like it's funny but the actual storyline's a bit flimsy but the talk like the the conversations is what's really interesting in there, the actual dialogue. And Adam Sandler has this way of delivering lines, which feels like that, like when it's like, come and see the amazing ball whacker guy, sort of thing. Whacker golf guy. And then when they're in the bar and she comes over, it's like, what's going on? It's like, oh, I'm just looking for the other parts of this bottle. Oh, look, there's a bit there. Oh, and a a bit there, sort of thing. It's like, put it down. Okay, yeah. (laughs) It's like, just the way he's delivering the lines makes me, reminds me of like the Broken Lizard crew, like, and what, how they make films. And so I was like, I'm enjoying the comedy vote, like, um, from what they're saying and stuff. And it, but it's also encased in a good, strong comedy setting as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it doesn't distract you too much from it. It is just sort of off-the-cuff, almost effortless humour. Yeah. And I wonder if that's got anything... So apparently, it's uncredited, but apparently... So the writer of this, he's the guy who also wrote so Adam Sandler was one of the writers and there's another guy I can't think of his, what his name is and he's the ones who wrote Billy Madison and The Water Boy and you know all, all the Happy Madison films basically yeah 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 and but apparently an uncredited Judd Apatow rewrote the script on this as well who and Judd is the guy who, who did Superbad and knocked up. Oh, okay. So, and they see what he does, and I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it happened in this film. But what he does when he's directing is he lets just people 
um, freestyle constantly over and over again until yeah, he gets yeah, the jokes yeah. right, which can make him feel a bit bloated, I think, sometimes, because like, sometimes it's just like what they've said something funny, but because it's in the middle of all this other dialogue, you have to have all this other dialogue for it to make sense sort of thing. Yeah. But if he's writing, it does have that sort of Judd Apatow sort of voice to it, but without the bloatedness. So, like, it has got that sort of broken lizard Judd, Judd Apatow sort of to the dialogue, I think. Something I wouldn't have picked up on. Oh, you, are you still there, Dan? Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, I was just looking at yeah. my notes quickly. Uh, Wait, Can you still hear me all right? Your notes, two seconds. I need to, I need to get, grab another bottle. I imagine our notes uh, differ rather because my notes I wrote like while we were trying to sort out everything um, yeah. very quickly and they were just some of the lines I could think of. <laughs> that it was literally, it just, it basically consists of pretty much all quotes or the odd talking point I, I wanted to say. No, it's literally, it's all quotes. <laughs> I mean, the shoot with McGavin stuff, I literally said that eat shit like you for breakfast and the rhyming. Um, but yeah, my, my notes are literally, I was like, oh, the things that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so another thing is, so it's got the perfect bit of Adam Sandler in it. So Adam Sandler has done some films where he's over the top being stupid or what he does in these more recent films is, it's almost as if you're like... Are you going to then consider you don't, you don't consider this over-the-top stupid at points? No, character-wise. Like, you know, he's not like, okay. doing a stupid voice like Waterboy. Or like, who be Halloween or whatever. He's not doing that. And he's not playing a character. Because he start, then starts falling into doing characters as he gets more famous, where he's just like, oh, I'm a flawless sort of person sort of thing, and I'm in this comedy sort of thing. Because, like, no one wants to see that. Like, no one wants to see this absolutely flawless person. Like... He made a film called Ridiculous Six and he's like playing this Indian guy and like he's just like super quick and things could beat anyone up and it's just like it's not interesting. It's like you need to have flaws in your character and this guy does. Yeah, no, no, no. He definitely has plenty of flaws and it's funny you say that because one of my favourite not flaws as such i mean like okay he's got his his anger issues but it's the uh the jackass guy bit that leads him to having the fight with bob barker and i love that it wasn't just him losing it and beating up bob barker he actually gets beaten up by bob barker well being originally it's supposed to be he punches bob barker and it cuts to black cut scene and then they were smart enough to know that it'd be funnier and again, I think this is a perfect Simpsons joke. Bob Barker then comes along and kicks these ass sort of thing. Which like I could imagine happening like Homer Simpson getting beaten up by like I don't know, some old Bob Barker basically. Yeah. <laughs> um well what's um Mole Man. Yeah. <laughs> but um Hans Mole Man. What I think's funny about this is they were gonna get a stunt double in and then Bob Barker's like, why do you want a stunt double? I know how to fight. And it turns out he was trained by Chuck Norris. Do you know what? Actually watching it, I and I, again, I commented at the time, he knows how to fight. Yeah, that's like, actually he, Bob Barker. I, mean, I know they're, they're movie-thrown punches that are not actually contacting stuff, but it looked... It looked impressive enough that I was like, no, nah, this, 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 guy's, this guy's right. He's got this. <laughs> yeah, he also... So, because of this film, the ratings for uh, The Price is Right went, like, up 
dramatically for college students, like people college age sort of thing. Uh, so, so wait, Happy Gilmore did what Happy Gilmore supposedly done in the Happy Gilmore universe um, for the golf that what actually it did for The Price is Right. Also, it did it for golf as well. Did it? Uh, no yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they put... They think because of both what Happy Gilmore did and Tiger Woods is what gave golf this sort of boost in the uh, late nineties, early two oh, thousand. Is is ninety six around the the Tiger Woods era? I think so. It must be okay. Like, yeah, he was a name yeah. when I was young, so yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, he was a reputable name when we were young. Yeah, yeah, that didn't age well. Uh, so but yeah this is all sorts of for for um Adam Sandler this is like right between some big films for him anyway so it's like Billy Madison was in 1995 he finishes SNL in 1995 and then he does The Wedding Singer in 1998 oh and Waterboy in 1998 so he's in between these yes like big films prime time um, he also did Bulletproof in 1997, but I don't really care for Bulletproof. So, but it's between no. these, like, his big films, and I think it's the most down-to-earth film. Like, it, there's nothing in the film that isn't that couldn't happen in reality. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess, yeah, Billy Madison and... Uh, I guess Waterboy could be somewhat plausible as well in terms of like him as a character where what where he comes from because again it's just it's that flawed character who just has something about him a bit of zest a bit of go and his is he's got one hell of a is it a slap shot he calls it the, yeah the power shot yeah which uh you don't really get to see that much in hockey anymore because it's a it's a it's it's not a dangerous oh, really? shot yeah well it's because if you're doing a slap shot you're normally doing it from further back so then the goalie can see it coming. Yeah. Also, what well, I've, I've wanted to throw this in. This is a sports film that makes golf interesting. And golf isn't interesting. I can't stand sports. Most, like, I, like, I like hockey. Can't stand most sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a sports film that I was like, you know what? It's great. That said, Dan, and I agree with you for the best part of most stuff because I'm not the, an overly sports fan. Um, however, you do know I, I like my Formula One. And there's been a reasonably few good sports Formula One films. So Rush, for instance, Senna. Um, was fantastic. That was and Senna, yeah, exactly. Senna, there's, 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 there's and um, it's now a Netflix series. I got to admit, I haven't actually watched it all, um, but there is a Netflix series that fo- follows the Formula One teams around for a season. Um, so no, no, you like, yeah, sports stuff can be interesting. Um, and yeah, even the the not so enjoyable sports, which I think, like most people who aren't Formula One fans and people who aren't golf fans, they'll agree it's not that exciting. Um, I'm just waiting for a probably exciting cricket film. I guess I can watch now. <laughs> I was thinking about cricket the other day, and I realised the only thing more boring than watching cricket is playing cricket. Because at least if you're watching it, you can get drunk. Yeah, you've, got to, you've actually got to concentrate. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what else have I got on my list of things to say? 
Wait, wait. Oh, we we talked over Bob Barker, but I, 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 we we didn't say the my, well. My favorite quote from that. Actually, there's a couple quotes from that scene, but I liked it when you thought Happy actually had like knocked him out, and he just goes, "The he's, he's like the price is wrong, bitch." <laughs> and then Bob Barker gets up, punches him because you had enough, and he kicks him. He said, "No, you've had enough, bitch." Now you've had enough. <laughs> Yeah, that worked absolutely fine. Um, yeah, in my notes it says perfect villain. Yeah, so that's it's Christopher McDonald, I believe his name is, and he that's turned it, down yeah. the film twice because he didn't want to be typecast as a sort of arsehole character. But I think he met up with Adam Sandler and he sort of talked him into it, and I'm glad he did because the other options they had for it were Bruce Campbell. Yeah. And uh, who did Tin Cup, which is a cold film? Who did that? Uh, Kevin Costner. Oh, okay. Uh... And could you imagine Kevin Costner acting across from Adam Sandler and it being good? Yeah, yeah. There's something stoic about Kevin Costner that I don't feel like it would work. Yeah, it would have just lost it a bit. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have. He wouldn't have been that believable, laughable villain kind of thing. Just like because um, yeah. I think the thing I liked about Shooter was he was just that like plausible, hateable guy. Because he oh was yeah, like just, it's he was all about himself. He like you know he like the first time we meet him, he's just kind of like belittling people around him. Like cool, yeah, I've heard you've done great stuff with that. Go get me a soda. Um, and then the guy who introduces him, yeah, Pepsi diet. And then it's like, and the guy who introduces him on stage, he like he cracks a joke about him about how bad he is at golf. He spends more time in the bunkers, like in the sand, than um than David Hasselhoff. Oh, yeah, Dave, uh, David Hasselhoff. That's it. It's like you spend, and then and then like later on, it's not even an obvious thing, but it's as you enter a scene that he's in at the bar. He's like he's cracking that joke again. And the guy yeah. who it's about is even like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, maybe it's funny the first time I heard it, but, <laughs> but yeah. he's he just that believable guy who's just a bit of a bit of an arsehole. He's all about himself, um, yeah. Like in in the sense that you say he's a perfect villain, but he's just a perfectly believable dickhead. Yeah, exactly. And because, like I said, this is very based in reality. I think this film, except for the bits when. <laughs> Which again is an amazing well, scene happy, at the end happy, when you see he wrestles an alligator. No, when you see Chubb and alligator and Lincoln in the clouds. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like I loved it. Another oh, perfect well, joke no, coming. That could, that could be quite believable. It's just um, Happy was hallucinating for whatever reason. After you got hit by a car. I was just about to say yeah, exactly. I guess getting hit by a car, he should have actually gone to hospital. But you know. Yeah, what what I think about Stuart McGavin is he brings it on himself because he's such an arsehole. He like he tells Happy, "Oh yeah, meet us at nine o'clock on the ninth green," sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Didn't have to do that, you know, and he could have just got on by, sort of thing. And but and you know, and then he sort of starts provoking him in the bar later on, trying to basically make him drop out. It's like, you know, Happy probably would have just not paid that much attention to it, got the money and disappeared sort of thing. But because like he was so threatened, he decided to be an arsehole to him and uh, was his downfall. Yeah, he he because there is that scene where Happy is very like innocently 
um, trying to just, you know, get along with these other golf guys. He's been really resistant to it at this point, but he's actually chatting to the guys, all the professionals, and they're explaining about yeah. the, the gold jackets that they've got. And he's simply asking the question, like, oh, where's yours? And I genuinely believe from that instant, he wasn't like happy, wasn't trying to be malicious in any way, shape or form. Um, no. But Shooter takes it as like a real personal insult and 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 therefore he like takes it out on him kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I'm not even sure if, it's, if he takes it as an insult because he's like, oh, I'll get in like, you know, what is it, two months sort of thing? Like, okay, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he's like, he didn't even take that as an insult. He just saw this guy who's got this, his herd's got this big drive and he comes in and he's dressing, he's like wearing an ACDC t-shirt. Oh, and well, he just sees him as a joke at that point. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to be this fratty sort of guy and send him to get wet sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's, and you know, I'm, I'm sure I know sort of people that would be a bit like that in real life. And, you know, people just like make jokes at other people's expenses. So, yeah. That red flag uh, stuff that you experience in real life, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, da, 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 can, da. can I talk about one character? I, I think he's somewhat of a minor character. Um, but we haven't mentioned him yet. And I, I just, I think he's got some the very short screen time he has is absolutely brilliant. Sorry, and, uh, sorry, can I, can I guess who you're talk, going to talk about here? Yeah, go on, go on. Is this the guy that shakes his head? Shakes his head? Yeah. Oh, no. So anytime, anytime Happy does something dramatic, he just cuts to this guy and he's just like shaking his head like... Oh! <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. I wasn't thinking of it. Who is that? So that is actually a golfer. Oh, it's okay, one of the so, only two golfers actually in this film. There's another I one d- that is t- talking to Shoot McGavin when they go in and talk about the golden jacket. Right, yeah, okay. And the only line ah. he says is, <laughs> the only line that guy says is, because <laughs> um, he hasn't did have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe and, it's know, a bit more... more less of a minor role than that but no um big actor as well but i'm talking about ben stiller's character in it um, oh who is actually uncredited in this film i was just about to say i don't even i can't even remember what his name is i'm sure he had a name so, tag but i can't remember so it. he's his name is how l or that's what it says on the name tag but he's actually uncredited in the film okay but and he's amazing <laughs> It just it's just an amazing character. They're just some of these amazing lines. Like literally it's the, 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 the sudden introduction to him as well, where we think that he's this really nice orderly guy. Um and he's still a bit helpful because he's got like he's got like his like his polite voice that he puts on. Um he's like, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure, I can help you with that kind of thing. Um and then what's the grandma asked for like a a, a glass of warm milk to help yeah. her to sleep? I- so I've got a playlist on my phone that is named after this he, this line because it's a line that stuck with me all through my life, which is "sleep or I will put you to sleep," <laughs> which is a playlist that I've made for my son. <laughs> Do you know what? 
Maybe, maybe I had picked up on that before, but um, I was genuinely going to have to ask you, have you said that to Rafi? I literally was going to ask, <laughs> have you said, you will go to sleep or I will put you to sleep? And you have a playlist, even better. I'm sure you've said yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, and you go, yeah, I think the line you were going to say is, uh, how about a nice glass of shut the hell up? Yeah, that's it. How about a gla- well, it leads on to that, doesn't it? It's like, how about a glass of, uh, like, shut the hell up. You will go to sleep or I will put you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, also, sorry, another joke I wanted to throw in there that just reminded me of it is when they're driving through the old care home and then the Mr. Mr. woman jumps Mr. on the Mr. front and, lady. <laughs> and what he does is he hangs out of, like, the uh, sunroof and just pours food on her. <laughs> Which to me is like, I could see, again, I could see Homer Simpson doing it as they go to drop off like someone in, like Grandpa at the old care home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, like, you could reshoot, well, not reshoot, you could draw every single joke in this film and it would fit into a Simpsons comedy, like a Simpsons episode. So wait, is that what makes it so perfect for you? Is it so similar almost to a cartoon? Yeah, because I think it's because you get some cartoons where the jokes won't work in reality. And then you have The Simpsons, who are very based in reality, which are like, I've always said, like, I prefer Futurama to The Simpsons because Futurama can do anything because it's set in the future, so anything's possible, where The Simpsons is based in reality, except for new, more modern episodes where stuff just seems a bit crazy. But in the old stuff. Yeah. And. That, I think that's what makes Simpsons work really well. Not what makes Simpsons work very well, but why everyone sticks it on this pedestal because it is based in reality, but it's still amazingly funny. And this film is based in reality, and every single joke is like a Simpsons joke. So it's just as funny as what people put on the high pedestal of what Simpsons. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. <laughs> I mean, a weird take to a weird uh, tangent from that. Then actually. Um... Have you heard of or watched Star Trek Lower Decks? No. It's an animated show. Um, I'm try- One of the creators who's involved in Rick and Morty uh, is in it, uh, or is involved okay. with it as well. Uh, it's got it's got Jack Quaid, uh, one of the voices in it. He was the voice of he's uh, sorry the voice of he's an actor in The Boys. Oh, never seen it. The, but you know of it, the um, the adaptation yeah, the of the, film. The, the, yeah, yeah. Or TV show. Um, but my dad's take on this was, you know, in in terms of hearing it going on, was he his take was, oh, it just sounds like one of those South Park shows or something in the background because all he hears from it is this stupid shouting kind of like he, he you know, it's 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 there's a lot of shouty jokes which actually does that like there is like i say shouty jokes there is a there is a lot of shouting going on in uh well not a lot but there's plenty of shouting going on in happy gilmore but what i quite liked was it was it's like it's when happy just snaps it's like he just like <laughs> and I, I mean i think my favorite bit was the the um the one where he's he's trying to tap it in like just uh, uh, it, just just tap, tap, tap it in can't get it in just tap 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 it in. and uh, the guy is like going this is pathetic oh this is bad this is terrible and stuff like that I, is it that scene but the the guy um happy just goes up to him really like like and sort pulls of his not, shirt over his head and punches yeah. him 
Which it was, it was that, is that a hockey move? Is that? <laughs> uh, it sort of is. Yeah, you do. T- yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Because you normally you, you're stopping them from being able to punch you. Right, right. Sorry, I just remembered one more thing. Uh, it's a detailed thing in terms of uh, a flaw or such. Maybe I've picked up on. Um, it's also that scene where um, you have the golf scores in the background, um, and you, you yeah. we see it a, a f- quite a few times throughout the films. Um, Happy's name being moved around on the board, going up, going down, yeah. depending how well or badly he's doing. Um, but that's his first ever golf tournament, like first ever golf yeah. tournament, which he wins. The first ever one he's ever entered, he wins. And I, we we know about some amazing shots that he had um, in terms of his massive long drive. Uh, and I think it was like the second or third hole, he gets like a hole in one on a par four, which is mentioned a yeah. few times throughout it. But in that scene, it actually has all of the, he scores along and I paused it to, to have a quick check. Um, and you actually see that he has like the bad first hole where he does, he hits this huge, like um, long drive. And I think it's like a par four, but he ends up scoring six um, and then, and then like the par four, he gets a hole in one. Um, but then it hits. So in golf, I, I don't know how much you actually know about golf, uh, Dan, because it doesn't explain it in in the uh, in Happy Gilmore much. But um, most most golf courses or like golf courses are eighteen holes. So you have the first yeah. nine and the back nine. And on the first nine, Happy's score wasn't actually that great considering like so it has the par on there and it has his score over it uh um as it goes and he's back like literally his first nine was like okay the first i think excluding the hole in one i think the first seven holes were like pretty bad and he actually went from like pretty bad to insanely good for the rest of his game, I think he got like another two or three, um, two shots on like par fours or fives. Um, literally like, like, like how well he played for the rest of that game, according to those scores was utterly insane. Like, utter, like, I mean, above professional level. <laughs> well, they do, they, 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 they cover this. At the end of that, when he sits down with Chubb and he goes, you're good, but you're not that good. You were lucky. And he goes, some people may call it luck. I call it, well, luck, luck, I guess. (laughs) So, you know, they covered it, you know, straight away. Uh, I don't know if it was properly covered because (laughs) there's also a quote later on in the film. So during the bit where the guy is like there to like sabotage him going, hey, a jackass. And he's in the, he's on the, um, in the sand Beach. and he's like get a towel and some sunscreen because you're going to need because you're never um, getting it you're, you're never, never getting, getting off, off of that beach <laughs> just like you never got in the NHL um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, no 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 and, and, and sorry yeah so they say that he hasn't played this badly since his first tournament and yeah. it, in, in all fairness from my analysis that I quickly did upon pausing and working out some of those um, scores he actually did he did badly admittedly badly in almost half of the holes but he did extremely well in the rest of it well 
I think what you might be getting confused with here is when he does that tournament, it's to get onto the tour. So I wonder if they mean the first... He hasn't done this badly since his first day of the tour, which then he ends up coming last in. Because he actually comes last at during the first leg of the tour sort of thing. So I'm wondering if that's what they're in reference to. So he could have done amazingly to get him onto the tour. But circling back, the joke when the guy's just like, this is pathetic, I think it's great because it actually has him go up and punch him at the end sort of thing. It's just like, you know, you could just have like like crowds like making booing noises because you can't get it in. But then having Adam Sandler then come along and punch the guy that you've seen saying this is pathetic, I think works Work quite well. Yeah, no, no, no. It's definitely amusing. <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely amusing. Um, I've, I've, what have I got here? Uh, dick joke. Yep, which which is always great. Um, that, I'm just talking about the intro in you know, which oh, I've already right. mentioned. I was about there. to say, other also, than the, the 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 multiple jobs, I was wondering. Yeah. I was also, I, that. That's a great recap at the start of that film. Like, I don't know who it's supposed to be too. But to me, that's a great recap at the start of that film. And it's got his stark bits where he talks about like his dad dying. But, you know, it doesn't linger on that. It just carries on going through. Yeah, his dad always got good. hit by a hockey puck. That's it. And died. His mum moved to Egypt because there's no uh, hockey in Within Egypt. 1,500 miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, quotable lines. Yeah, we've already spoke about loads of quotable lines. Um, Have we missed any? Because I'm thinking then we've. Oh, this is like. You, you were talking about shouty lines and stuff, and there's one that Shooter McGarren does where, like, the beach ball hits him and goes, God damn it, this is golf. <laughs> it's just like, that's just a funny line to me. Um, I just thought of one more line, and it's not shouty. It's, well, he does shout a little bit, but um, it's when Happy's trying to sink a hole. Uh, sink. Um, oh, yeah. A shot, Suck my and he's like down ball. on the floor. Why would you go home, Bahal? That's your home. Ain't oh, you too home? good for you. <laughs> Suck my white ass, ball. Yeah. Again, and another line that's that stuck with me forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's um, it's beautifully quotable. Yeah, like I said, like it's. I feel like this this film has influenced me throughout my life you know it's influenced me to name a playlist sleep or I will put you to sleep um, <laughs> it's also it's influenced other people so for instance in 2012 there was a German who decided to try playing like Happy Gilmore the way he hits the ball uh, do you know what when we talked about the, the Tiger Woods era and Happy Gilmore I thought I bet there was a lot of imitators I'm 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 certain I've I've even as a teenager going up the driving range with like a golf club and trying to hit some balls I did exactly that and I saw multiple other people do it. Well, when when I was a kid we used to go to a, a pitch and putt in Wales. Now this isn't like a crazy golf like what you see in the film is a pitch and putt so it's basically it's a bit of green and you just sort yeah, of like yeah, hit yeah, the yeah, ball yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And as a kid. I was trying to copy Adam Sandler <laughs> and getting myself in trouble because I'm trying to smack this ball as hard as I can, like doing run-ups and stuff, and they did not appreciate it. Were you taking <laughs> chunks of earth, though? Uh, I can't remember. But yeah, I was... 
So this film came out in 1995, so I would have been about six. So oh, 96, I must have, was it? 96? Oh, 96. So, yeah, I was seven. But, yeah, I yes. was about nine, ten when I was, like, playing pitch and putt. <laughs> like, trying to do these mad swings. Also, you know that putter he gets? It's shaped like a hockey stick. They actually yeah. made that and sold that for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. Um... Yeah, just just another thing. I'm just Wait, looking through my list. Was it, it? Didn't Chubb say? Chubb said that was his putter, just modified a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Here's yeah. My putter, just modified a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I also like having Chubbs fall out the window, and then that speech guy just standing and nodding his head like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just another. Again, another joke which I repeat over and over again, but it's still like it just sort of builds on itself. Like it's just funny every time he shows up. Um, I've got, I yeah, so I've got. I definitely think that's a good trait of um, of comedy films or comedy as such is that repeat and return to. It's kind of it's already you know something there already for the viewer or the listener um, to then relate to and go back, and it's kind of like that. Um, I'm sure there's a name for it as well. Yeah, um, I can't think. But an- another joke. So, uh, th- and just another thing I want to point out because I'm saying like this film's peppered with jokes throughout, sort of thing. Like, there's not a, it doesn't let up, sort of thing. And let's talk about how they end up like nailing jokes on the end of things that don't need jokes, but it works, sort of thing. Is you know when he's talking to Chubb and he drives off and he says, you know, you can make some big bucks here, sort of thing. And um. He, then he looks at his like he stops the car and looks at his grandmother. Yeah, yeah grandmother's yeah. picture in the car, and that's where the where the shot could end. But they decide to have him reverse up and knock over these trash cans, which yeah. isn't a great joke. But it's just still like it's just extra bit of funny that's not needed, like showing that he's a bad driver. Which I think is like yeah, just like they're, they're just tagging on all these extra jokes that work. But so I've did some research into it and was seeing if there's anything that was cut, and there are jokes that they actually end up cutting out of the film, which I don't think. I, I think it would be funny, but I don't think it would sit well in a film. So, for instance, you know when he goes to his happy place? And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So there's a scene where that woman from Modern Family and a dwarf make out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like... See, that's funny, but it would mean too far in the film. And they knew that, and so they didn't... So they didn't put it in there and I think that's great oh I think like, it would have been funny actually I don't know I would have appreciated that that's quite amusing well hang on wait wait so yeah but actually it's um Shooter makes out with her doesn't he isn't that what happens in like he's yeah, in his, yeah, yeah. Shooter he makes to, out with her he tries to go to his happy place but it's all going wrong yeah yeah but that, that's fine but having a dwarf somehow makes it weird because <laughs> the dwarf being there is fine but the dwarf making out with her not not to be anti-dwarf here I was just, just about to just, say Dan just, be careful Dan this is just, no, just add weird to the sort of film dynamics um, I don't uh, know I, I, I think I've, I've stated enough 
<laughs> I just like the, so you've said how believable this film is but where you draw the line is it's like whoa 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 Wolf <laughs> wouldn't make out of that that's unbelievable <laughs> which reminds me have you ever seen oh there's a film called Twinkle Toes I think the film's called Twinkle Toes but it could be something else and it's it's a film with it's got what's his name Who's the actor from like Lewisham or Plumstead? Um, Gary Oldman. Are you on about? Um, oh, oh, I didn't know. Really? Yeah. So it's got no Gary way. Oldman. He's playing a dwarf. His brother. His brother in the film is um, Michael McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And. So Matthew McConaughey's going out with some girl and then she finds out his brother's a dwarf and that's sort of weird and sort of freaks her out. And then she ends up getting pregnant and Matthew McConaughey can't take it because he doesn't want a a son that might have dwarfism. Okay. And it's also got Peter Dinklage in it. And basically this this film isn't good. What's this film called again? It's called something like Twinkle Toes or something like that. Okay, yeah, I, I genuinely don't think I've heard of it, but... Uh, it's not a good premise. film. Okay. And it's very anti-dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Peter Dinklage loved that. For a film that's got a lot of dwarves in it, it's just, it's just a weirdly tonal film. Like, is this a comedy? Is it not a comedy? Is it not just a really dark comedy? Is that is that it? Is it... No, I think... I think it gets to the point where Matthew McConaughey is asking his girlfriend to get like an abortion because he doesn't want a dwarf son. Oh wow! Well, I mean, yeah. it could be you know going over the the plights of the dwarfs. The it's... fact that they're trying to be aborted before they're even born—it's a tough life they have. <laughs> yeah, and no, I, I, I just think it's a tonally deaf film. I've never seen it. I've just watch the trailers and stuff oh, read okay, up about okay, it okay. and yeah it just doesn't appear like it's a good film whatsoever um but sounds, I, sounds, I, sounds I think like prejudice there Dan you've got to give it a go I give everything a go once or twice yeah. um <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I think this film and I still think this film is a perfect comedy and I think I have approached your misgivings for it and righted them, I, I reckon. So uh, I now need you to tell me that this film is a perfect comedy and then I can go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could keep you up for hours by saying no. Um, no, honestly, I'm, I'm not one to, to dish out perfect praises for many things. Um, I'm that evil bastard who won't give a five stars or a nine out of ten, uh, ten out of ten. I'll give nine or four. Um, this is a fantastic comedy. Um, as comedies go, and if I want to compare them, it's probably the perfect one. I'll, I'll let you have that done. I, I, I Thank can't. You. I genuinely. No, no, no. You're right. It does. It. Um, I, I mean, look, I, I pointed out I had issues with it. There were things I picked up on. Um, 
But yeah, no, I, nothing's perfect. Nothing is truly, truly, truly perfect. There are going to be flaws and things. Um, and as it goes for a comedy, if there wasn't any flaws, if there wasn't any like any misgivings, any like wrongdoings, it's not going to be that funny, is it? Let's be honest. If someone's yeah. been that that particular to remove any issues, then let's the the jokes aren't really going to hit home like they should. Um, so yeah, no, it's it is it's that easygoing. So in terms of humor, comedy, enjoyment, it's pretty damn perfect. Yeah, and you're in and out in an hour and a half, you know. And it's also it's got rewatchability. Like I watch this film so much as a as a kid, and then I could still turn it on and still find it as funny as I did when I was a kid. Like the jokes yeah. still feel timeless to me. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was going to say something else. Oh, you say that. Um, like, so I hadn't, um, I hadn't watched this film for years, um, but it's something I watched at a very young age. Something I probably watched a couple times throughout my teenage years, again in my twenties, and this is probably the first watch I've watched again in my thirties, and um, it definitely holds up. It, yeah, it is brilliant. It yeah. really is. Like I'm not I'm not looking at this through nostalgia covered glasses because I've I've seen films from my youth that I've watched recently and f- even though I love them I know they're bad films like Goonies for instance love that film but try watching it now the kids are all talking over each other it's a it's a mess it's an absolute mess of a film but I love it like I love it this is craft work at its comedy craft work at its finest. Um, oh, it tells the times something. of the ages, though, doesn't it, though, Dan? Like, because I mean, like most art, which let's be honest, a comedy film is still technically art in that sense. It it, it paints a picture of that time itself, and I think that was a pro- pretty good, great time for comedy. Um, I mean, the the comment you said of kids talking over each other, it, it kind of adds to the calamity and the over information that is of today's day and age yeah it's just it's just very hard to watch though <laughs> but um oh there was something else I wanted to say about Happy Gilmore um I don't know uh, I've got some facts if you want some facts I quickly wrote down I've mentioned a couple of them but I can go yeah, through yeah, them yeah with some facts um, was the very first winner of the MTV Awards for Best Fight. Did you say Best Fight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the Happy Gilmore Bob Barker fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've already mentioned this one, but when Dennis Dugan, the director, told Bob Barker that a stunt double would be used for the fight scene, Bob Barker insisted on doing his own stunt, saying, wait a minute, I know how to fight. True that. Very true. Um, like I mentioned, Bob Barker's cameo, uh, the ratings for Price is Right rose considerably among college-age viewers. Um, <laughs> he didn't want to do the film at first, but when he learned he was going to fight Adam Sandler, he accepted the role. <laughs> um, so Richard Keel, which is Jaws, if you notice, he's constantly leaning on someone throughout the film. And that's because he had a, a 
pop an accident when in 1992, which means that he like lost his balance. So throughout the film, he's always leaning on someone or something. Okay, yeah, it's one of those things I did kind of notice, but um, I genuinely, oddly enough, because he's such a huge guy, I just put it down to his size. I, I thought that was just an issue with big ass dude getting old. Uh, no, yeah, I think he has. Uh, I think it's an automotive accident. Oh, I know what I wanted to say about this film. So, about how <laughs> films can't be perfect. I noticed uh, a weird um, shot, like a goof shot, basically. And it's. I don't know if it's a reverse shot or something, but it's. You see Adam Sandler hit the ball and then he puts his arms up. He's like, yeah. It looks like the ball goes up his... And I've noticed this when I was a kid. It looks like it goes up his jersey. And I think what they did is they reversed the shot and it's actually him dropping the ball. Dropping it, and yeah. Then, and then making it look like he hit it, sort of thing. But that's like... I, I, like didn't, I, I thought it whilst watching it, but it was a case of it was like kind of as a shot happened. I did genuinely wonder. I thought, I wonder how much of these shots are actually genuine. Because I thought in that case, so, how many of these, how many times did he have to hit it and try and 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 hit it? <laughs> so, so this film is loosely based on a true story. Now I say very loosely based because it's based on the fact that Adam Sandler had a friend when he was a kid that played hockey, who actually went on to be like a professional hockey player, and he would play golf with Adam Sandler every now and then. And he had this amazingly long drive, and Adam Sandler always thought it was because of how he played hockey. Saying that, oh, Adam Sandler okay. is terrible at both hockey and golf. <laughs> well, like I, I mean, there was the odd instances where I thought actually maybe he's an okay skater, but I did genuinely believe that from watching because he's meant to be a terrible skater, isn't he? But and there was a few yeah. instances where I was like, he's clearly not that bad. Like, I wonder how much of this is truly acted. Um, but, yeah. wow, okay, cool. I didn't know it was based on a true story at all. Well, I said loosely based. It's loosely, based very, on yeah. someone that you know. But, um, so the final nail in the coffin for this. This is Adam Sandler's favourite film. Is it actually? That, he's, okay. that he stars in, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, Okay. Has, yeah. has is there many reasons he's given on that, or just it's kind of that is it? Uh, I'm not sure. It's just something I've read that it's it, apparently it's his favourite film that he's wrote and starred in. Um, okay, because cool. he does a lot of writing on his own films and he's starred in a lot of films. One final point, or one actually, because I couldn't find this and I wanted to ask, who the hell's his caddy? No, I think. The I didn't look like. it up, and I felt like I should. I would keep meaning to look it up. Have you seen Big Daddy? Yeah. I think it's the guy who is, is actually the dad in Big Daddy. Now, like I said, I forgot to look this up, but I think it's him. I can't remember. Exactly. Now, um, I'm going to look it up real quick because I need to know. Um... So the guy is Alan Covert. 
He is in Ferris Bueller. Oh, really? He's in Airheads with Adam Sandler. He's in Happy Gilmore. He's in Bulletproof. He's in The Wedding Singer. He's in The Waterboy. And he plays Phil D'Amato, which I believe is the dad in... Um, oh, is it John Stewart? That's the dad in... Actually, no, it's John Stewart, isn't it? I just realised it's John Stewart, just looking up. And um, who's in Big Daddy? But no, he's in a load of his films. Um, but his name is Caddy in the show, in the film, is Otto. <laughs> he's my brother. <laughs> is he actually Otto? Yeah. Do they say his name in that, though? Or is he just credited as um, that? That's what I'm not sure if they... S- I don't remember hearing his name throughout it, and I tried to check because I was then thinking, who the hell is it? But Well, no, see, I, I think they do, or they put on the... Because I watch films with subtitles, it says Otto, and then, like, what he's saying sort of thing, so... Oh, well, like the bit where it's like, he's like, oh, and slightly leaning to the left, no, it only seems that way because yeah. you've only got one shoe on. Yeah. Yeah, it says, I believe it says okay. his name there. So that's how I know that his name is Otto before I looked it up. Because I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, Otto, that's his name. Like, I already knew that. But I don't know if they ever say his name. Uh, yeah. So how Wait, do you think this new... What? I was going to say another another thing. I just thought I did kind of say it earlier. And this is one of those very few, um, few, 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 few things I remember from um, our movie details. Um, I don't know why, but it's a repeated thing in a lot of Adam Sandler films. The the love interest is always a VV. Valley Val- Vicky Valancourt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is Vicky Valancourt Waterboy? Yeah. And I think okay, was, I, didn't, I never noticed that before. This was um, I never knew that. Uh, what's in in this? It's uh, Veronica. I want to say Veronica Vine, maybe. But it's yeah. In in all of in all of the. Um, in all of the Adam Sandler, like, in a lot of Adam Sandler films, there's there's that VV that happens. Okay, because I was watching, I watched a bit of it before I turned it off because it's so bad. That um, Hubie Halloween film. He released a film around Halloween that was just absolutely terrible, and the love interest in that name was a VV, and I was like, wait, isn't that, isn't that the name of? I thought it was Vicky Valancourt for a second yeah, I realised yeah, yeah. no it's Vicky Valancourt but yeah no that was a VV as well so I was like oh okay yeah, makes sense that's an Adam Sandler our movie details fact I just just happened to remember <laughs> okay well uh, yeah I've, I've uh, got you to admit that this is a perfect film I just need the rest of the world not perfect a perfect comedy not perfect film uh, I just need the rest of the world to admit this now. So, um, if you're listening <laughs> to this, you now know that Happy Gilmore is a perfect comedy. <laughs> um, next week, I want to talk about why Betty from Hey Dougie is a complete bitch. <laughs>